Yeah, it's the news. According to me. Oh, good morning. It is 7.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I am in my uh, home studio this morning, but not for long. I have no idea where I'm going to end up today. Um, i got to head out of here a little bit. However, uh, I am here for you now because it's uh, that's the way I am. I'm just, it's all about you and you listening to me. <laughs> uh, uh, this, the, uh, well, as you can tell from my voice, probably, that I had a long day yesterday. And uh, it was a good day, but it was a long day. I had to move the boat yesterday. And um, it turned out to be a, a fantastic, nice day. It was a little chilly, but, uh, but the sun came out. Uh, I probably more than half the time there was, there was sun sun on us, and it was uh, nice. Part about it was there was plenty of wind, and we pretty much sailed the whole way there. We had to do one tack, which was kind of a, a more of a jibe, but we we did a circling roundabout tack, and we just kind of tacked right on in. Probably added about a mile to our maybe a couple miles to our to our trip, but however, it was you know sailing the whole way. We probably could have done a little bit more. If we really would have tweaked it a little bit better, we probably wouldn't have even to do that one tack. But it was it was um, certainly turned out to be a uh, very pleasant day, port to port sailing for about six six hours, I think it was, well, maybe a little bit more than that, six or seven hours. It was just a, yeah, that was that was that was good. That was a good time. We had um, actually it was yeah, it was, it was about three o'clock. We got yeah about about six hours actually about around the nose. The um, <clears throat> we had we ended up um, haven't pulled the boat out of the water yet, so it, that's going to happen about a week from now. But their next first first of next week. But at least the boat's moved. Uh, that's that was the big thing after the, after all the weather we've had here recently. It was impossible to get the thing moved into you know seven to ten foot waves and wind pushing right at the nose and all that stuff. It was just it was crazy for a couple several days, uh, several weeks actually, a couple weeks that I had anytime I had off and time to do it. It was weather was bad. But alas, I, it is it is completed. So anyway, enough of that. Enough about that. Let's talk about uh, other stuff going on in the world. We have um, let's let's talk. I haven't talked about statistics for for a while. Um, I've noticed that it's very steady right now on statistics on on the show. Um, however, it is it is steadily also increased um, over the past. And we get these dumps once in a while where they there's like ten times the number of people listening. And I think what happens is there's some platforms that only report once every two weeks or once a month or whatever it is that happens. And it's, it all of a sudden, it just spikes up like crazy in the listenership. It's either that or, or possibly Podbean might uh, actually promote channels. You know, they go through maybe randomly promote channels once in a while. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how, how the algorithm works, but it's hard to tell. Besides that, uh, and they don't. And the one thing they don't do is they don't put anything in there about what's in my cup. And what is in my cup this morning is, uh, of course, vanilla chai, vanilla chai creamer. Uh, and then there's, of course, there's a uh, almond joy uh, creamer in there. I'm sorry, there's it's chai, it's chai, it's chai. Uh, cream, cream, uh, cream, yeah, cream chai latte, and then there's a uh, creamy chai. 
What am I, what am I trying to say? I've been, I've got a lot of things going on in my head right now, um, which is not un- abnormal for me. I have, uh, I've been scouring the internet with all kinds of information, uh, different opinions, uh, just things that are happening, things that are, it's, it's interesting to hear the, I just call it the propaganda networks now. It's just, I just, there's nothing really, um, you, you know, you got, you got, um, Newsmax, I think Newsmax probably and, and One American News, probably the only two channels that are that are large larger plat- platforms that are actually on regular shows that <clears throat> they're regular regular networks that have a modicum of just straightforward talks, just straight talk. Um, you've got channels on YouTube that YouTube funds to great degrees. There's the, the Young Turks, for example. Uh, YouTube, the only reason that they've ever made it is because YouTube funds them. They give them lots of money. They give them, they, and it's not necessarily in terms of money, it, but they gave them production facilities. They give them, they give them more. it's amazing what they've done with the, those guys. Um, and then what they do is they turn around and now Chunk, Chunk Uger he had made this big announcement the other day on the show and, and Anna Kasparian was kind of like just taken back and thought this was the stupidest thing in the world. You could just tell by her reaction to this whole thing on the show that she was kind of pushing back a little bit on this whole thing because she just thought it was ridiculous. But Chunk Huger made his announcement. He's, he's, he has filed and he's running for president. Well, how do you do that when you're not born in this country? He, was, he's never, he wasn't born in this country, born in Turkey. Um. When you look into his past and what is what is he's all about. He's he's a, he's a Marxist first of all. He's a, but this this collectivist idea and we and I got I got into a I got into this uh, conversation yesterday about some things about uh, free speech and censoring and misinformation kind of stuff. And I wasn't really involved in the conversation. I was there. Uh, I was present during the conversation. I, I decided not to to engage in any of the discussion. Um, as I really wanted to be thoughtful and talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it today <laughs> with that, with the people who are in the discussion aren't, aren't here now. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to have the final word. It's going to be my word. It's going to be final. The, um, the, the, I, and what I see is a lot of propaganda on both. Sides. And the reason I'm bringing this up is there, there's a conclusion to this. It's going to go to the whole Israeli uh, Gaza issue and what's happening there. Propaganda is a very uh, powerful tool for those who want to sway public opinion. It is, is a, I call it a soft form of terrorism, really. Or at least it can be used as that. Not all propaganda is terrorism, but it's, I'm just saying it's, it's what the terrorists use most of the time. So I wanted to kind of get into in, involved in some of this, you know, what is happening and how they're how they're uh, using misinformation. I, I, sh- I should say disinformation. Misinformation is when you just mis- make a mistake. When you, you misinform someone, you, you just you you were giving them what the information you thought was correct, and it, it's what turned out to. Disinformation is when you willingly or willfully or knowingly give someone incorrect information to have an outcome that's 
or to, you know, to change the outcome of something or to sway some, someone's opinion. So that's, that's what disinformation is. And that's what we have here. Here's the propaganda that we're getting is mostly disinformation. <clears throat> now, this conversation, you know, we started talking about Elon Musk and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And we do talk a little bit about the censorship. And the reason Elon Musk all of a sudden became the enemy of the left is because he was allowing more people back on the platform who had been censored. And the left hated that. The radical left hates that. Oh, we're going to allow these people to talk, and they were, they were giving us misinformation. Well, misinformation one day turns out to be correct the next day. Maybe not the next day, but within weeks. How many people believe now, still believe, that the coronavirus, COVID, started in a wet, in a wet market? And yet, there was a time, not so long ago, where if you said anything different, if you said it came from a lab in Wuhan, you were vilified, censored, canceled. Look at John Stewart. I don't care for John Stewart's politics. But he was honest about that. Well, gee, there was a lab called the Wuhan Lab for Coronavirus Studies. Didn't come from there. Just happens to be two blocks away from where they're claiming this thing broke out. It's, yeah, okay, you know, that's the kind of thing that we've faced over the last few years, or the last, actually the last well, many, many, many years, but it's been very blatantly open, almost in panic mode in the last six or seven years because of, you know, Orange Man Bad. Russia, Russia, Russia for four years we got from the know-it-all media. And people still believe this. And, and Hillary Clinton still promotes it. He knows he's not a legitimate president. He knows he was never supposed to be president. He knows that the, that, 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 that the 2016 election was rigged. Now, remember, not so long ago, you couldn't say anything about the election. You couldn't say anything, anything about election interference or elections, election fraud. You couldn't say anything about that on YouTube, any, 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 any uh, social media platforms. You couldn't say anything about it. And if, and if you did, even mention the word or have anything in your title, there was a little banner that showed up on the video or below the video in the description talking about election results. Well, now all of a sudden, YouTube, because there's an election coming up, Election is going to allow for talking about election fraud. And all we hear about now is, oh, Trump's going to, they're going to try to interfere. The Russians are going to interfere again with this year with, with elections. Now, now in 2020, there, there was no, no election interference. Everything was perfect. It was the most secure election in the history of the Americas that ever was on the planet. But now this next one, it's, oh, now we got to watch out because, you know, hopefully we'll get through it again. And there won't be any, any, any interference. In other words, if the Democrats win, there won't be any interference. But if the Democrats lose, it will have been Russia, Russia, Russia all over again. There, there will have been something, something happened. So now, there are now, you know, remember three years ago when uh, Trump was president, uh, there hadn't been any new wars for four years. Now, there's, there's a lot of, People on the left that are figuring this out now. Tim Pool, uh, Joe Rogan. There are, there are people who are considered kind of centrist. I wouldn't call them right wing at all. Uh, even Jimmy Dore, 
is basically admitting that Trump is better than basically pretty much anybody else out there right now. Now, he was all in for Cornell West. And then he had Cornell West on his show, and then he, he started asking him questions and realizing, hey, this guy's a fraud. He's not trying to run for president. He's got other, other things going on. He's got, he's got other agendas going on right now. Now, Robert F. Kennedy, I believe, is truly running for president. And all the polls right now, if you include Robert F. Kennedy in the polls, Trump wins in every state against Biden. And see, initially they were all they all thought this was going to devastate the, the, the Republicans because, the, because Robert F. Kennedy was going to go for the he was going to take all these Republicans who didn't want Trump. Now it's not just the left wing media that's if and there were and I, I guess when of course when Robert F. F. Kennedy uh, RFK Jr. He he uh, was going it was when he announced his independent run. All you heard on the left wing media for a while, the propagandists, was that. Democrats are rattled by this. I'm sorry, uh, Republicans are rattled by this. The Democrats were all saying, oh, the Repu- this is going to hurt the Republicans. So I think that they were only listening to the rhinos. The rhinos were the ones who were concerned. They were concerned. The reason they were rattled is because they thought, well, Trump could possibly win. That's not what they want. Now, I don't know what Republicans are listening to. I'm, I'm assuming it's the Republicans that they constantly have on their show. People like Chris Christie, Mike Pence. Mike Pence just continues to say really stupid things. And, I, and it's, I, I don't recall him being this ignorant or this – no, not ignorant. Just I don't recall him doing such stupid things, making such stupid comments when he was governor of Indiana. I, I, still, I don't remember this. I, I didn't always like his approach to some things. I always kind of felt like he was pandering to some degree, kind of parading around his his morality and, and some some other things. I, I just I kind of felt like he was it was kind of a a weird type of virtue signaling. I was kind of picked up from him, and, and it's it's worse now. Um, he, he's trying to take credit for everything that Trump did because he was the vice president while Trump, you know, under Trump. So he was. Well, you know, we did this and we did that, but so and that's why you need to, re- to elect me instead of the other guy who did it all. I, it just none of this makes any sense to me. Why he's even in the race, I, I, I have no idea. Now, if Trump wasn't in the race, I would I would understand why he would be there, and he could run on that record and he could you know be part of that. But he's he's not. He's just he's just. It's the weirdest, weirdest vibe I get from him now that's, it's ridiculous. And the way he talks, I'm sorry, it's, it, there, it comes down to that again. He's, he speaks to people as if he's got this sophistication that he doesn't have. It's a phoniness that, that just, it just really bothers me, really makes my skin crawl. That's not my concern. That's not my concern. Whatever. So he, um, He's come out and made some comments. Of course, MSNBC and CNN, is, they've taken him in now. They're, and, and again, these people, they do not realize, they do not realize how much they are being played by these, by these media people. If, I guarantee you, if Chris Christie becomes, the, it's not going to happen. If, it, if Chris Christie became the nominee for the Republican Party, well, guess what? 
CNN and MSNBC are not going to treat him nicely anymore. They're not going to pat him on the head. They're not going to let him get. What's he going to say? Because now he's got. Now you've got to hear about his policies, and they're going to they're going to beat him to death. He's going to be all of a sudden. He's going to be a racist. He's going to be a homophobe. He's going to be a misogynist. He's going to be an idiot. They're going to call him out for what he really is. Not not these any any of those things, but they're they're going to they're going to treat him just like they do anybody else. Same thing with Mike Pence. He's even worse than Donald Trump. That's what we're going to hear then. We're going to hear he's even worse. Every scandal that's ever come up. So so this this whole thing with um, so I was getting back to my original issue here. The the. The discussion about about censorship and how this how this whole discussion went, and basically, and one one of the guys said, "Well, kind of truth kind of has a way. You know, we, I think we should just allow people to say whatever they want, and then the truth kind of kind of rises to the top." And, it, and one of the guys argued, "Well, n- not really necessarily anymore because because so much is influenced by you know high tech has a way of influencing what you even what you see and what you hear." And so you don't – now, his, his argument actually was, was a little bit shallow, and, and, I, and I don't think it was well thought through. The point was well made. I, I get the point, and I think it was, it, was a good, it was actually a very good point that, well, what is you – know, how do we know what's true? Basically, is what he's saying because you, know, you can be talking about a particular item that you're thinking about buying, and the next thing you know, all these advertisements pop up about – that item you're talking about, and you never even did a Google search, and here it is showing up on your on your feed, showing up in advertisements in your, you know, whenever you do look for something. And it's 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 creepy. That kind of stuff is very creepy. And your phone, you know, if you say a certain word, oh, that activates the phone, and it, you know, if you say, hey, who's you know, so who's he? What's it? It'll it will come up with you know, hey, what do you want to hear? What do you want to know? Well, it has to be listening to you all the time in order for it to know when you're saying those words. Oh, it's inactive until you say that. Well, how does it know when I'm going to say that? Because it's listening all the time. The – I won't get too far into that. But the, so this, this, but this idea that uh, – you know, we got talking a little bit about 1984 and the Ministry of Truth and all that kind of stuff. And I, that's a kind of what I – how I, I brought that up. And, of course, that's what – Brought the whole scenario with the conversation up, which is why I could have participated. I wasn't just going to budge in on somebody's conversation, but it was—I was, actually started the conversation. But I also wasn't going to speak out of turn and out of without some thoughtfulness in this whole thing because I didn't want it to become a a contentious situation. But after pondering this for some time, I, I was trying to put together the the reality of okay, so truth. You're saying truth won't rise to the top because we don't get proper information because information is, is manipulated. Now, and one of the only comments I made about the whole conversation was, well, it's, it's amazing to me how two different commentators or two different reporters can look at the same story and report the actual events and yet put, the spin, put such a spin on it one way or the other that makes the story sound totally different. They are word crafters, and that's what they do. They, they, they still inject their opinions, even though they're just giving you the news. 
for example, and this is this is a side note, and it's not really an example about that. But there's there was a guy one time. There was, it was a pastor. I, I was I was in this Bible study at this church, and I was a licensed lay minister at the time. So I was kind of shadowing this this pastor, <clears throat> and we had started this Bible study within the church, and there was a group about about 10, 10 or fifteen people there mostly middle-aged to older people, older, older folks. And he was talking about the story of Noah and how Noah was written in prophetic, or in, in I'm sorry, in uh, poetic form. It was, a, it was written as poetry. So he, he had this example of within this, within this uh, study of why now his conclusion was this this pastor's conclusion was that this this story was just made up it didn't actually happen because it wasn't really a report of what had happened it was written about in poetic form it was poetry it was so all poetry apparently all poetry is just is made up it's, it's all it's all fiction according to this guy and he had this example of these two buildings, this, this, this building burned, this bu- building burned down, the, the building lit on fire and burned down. And he said, this is the way a news reporter would write about the event. They would write about it this way. And it said, the, you know, the building burned, blah, 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 at two o'clock in the morning, blah, 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 went on and on and on. And it was just all the facts, very, you know, un- Emotional, no, no, you know, no emotional content. It just went. And then he, he, he had another example of the same story, but it was the, how the flames licked up from the windows and licked up from this. And the, the flame, you know, the bursting of the substance was much like the poet. Just, just all this poetic stuff involved in, in describing this, what, this event. He said, this is why it's, you know, this is poetry. This isn't, this isn't how a news reporter would report it. So this isn't, a, it's not a true story because of that. And I, I said, well, but in both situations, the building still burned. And, of course, we went off to the next subject. He did not want to talk about it at that point. And the whole point of that was it, the event happened. How you write about it or how you describe it, however form you choose to or media you use to describe that event, the event still happened. He was trying to draw this conclusion that it, because it was written as poetry, it was not a true story. And that, that, and that just falls flat. Now, propaganda is what we get from most of the I'll say well, just the media in general. Everyone kind of looks th- through their own lens of some things. Um, there, there's a guy that I see him on a lot of, a lot of YouTube shorts. Um, I've been, I've been kind of getting caught up in these stupid YouTube shorts lately. And some of them are very good, pretty entertaining. Sometimes you can just sit there and kind of kill time by just going through and learning facts about things or watching people do crazy things on motorcycles. But it's, it's, it's just, 
uh, you just kind of flip through these things and kind of hear some things. But occasionally they get these Christian people who come through and talk about certain things. Um, for example, one one of them is well, and this is this is and this this is happening. This happens among the Muslims who believe that Jesus is actually he was actually a Muslim, and that he. And this is this is where it's it's very uh, it's a very dangerous theology because of the way the especially radical Islam uses this. They, they believe that yeah Jesus is going to return, but he's going to come back as a Muslim. He, he's going to correct us all and say, "Oh, I was a Muslim the whole time. You guys are wrong." If you believe that, um, there, there's a real problem with this in that. Islam was not <laughs> their whole picture and their whole method of salvation is nothing that Jesus taught. It's it's it is so askew and so messed up from what because they they really only hear what was written in the Quran about who Jesus is. They don't and it's, it's interesting too, as well, within the whole scheme of things, how the how the Jews how they cannot see that Jesus was Messiah is amazing to me. That in and of itself is almost convincing me that, because he, he himself he said that you know that basically their eyes have been darkened. It's, and I think it was Paul that wrote that as well. But their eyes have been darkened. Basically, can't see that. And there will become a time when their eyes will be illuminated. They'll be able to see again that he's the way. That he was the Messiah all, together, all along. And it's what amazes me about that whole thing, though, is that it, that, that is just, it's phenomenal. Because you look at some of the feasts, some of the, even, even without anyone teaching anything extra, you just look at some of the feasts, some of the things that happened, the timing of some of the things he did. Um, Hello. It it just it is all over the place. I think that there are some. Well, there, there's various various reasons why they, they won't accept him, but they also, uh, there there is a, a supernatural thing going on there as well. It's it's something that I think that it's uh, there's a darkening of, of of vision, apparently that's there. So there's a veil. Anyway, <clears throat> so I'm not going to get – I'm getting off on a lot of top, topics here. But, but this whole thing about this, this conversation was this idea that for some reason that because what we hear or what we, what we – the information that we receive can be manipulated and what comes across our feed and what, what we I – don't, I don't totally buy into that idea of it being, well, that, then that in and of itself then means that we need to have censorship. I, I, can't, I, I can't put those two together. Because that is what that's that's censorship right there. That's what we're talking about: censorship, opening things up for more people to speak, and even people to misspeak and to present false information or to you know to to share false information, <clears throat> even though they think they, they they might think it's true and it's not. I think they're sharing. Having the ability to confront it and discord with it, I think, is important. That's how we. That's how we bat. That's how we toe to toe it out. We don't, you know. There has to be this adversarial system 
We can't just have it all filtered by who's, who's controlling the filter. Now, and when, and when you look at this, <clears throat> my, my, my contention is when you look at the way things have been filtered, who's doing the filtering? And these people who were very quick to censor and cancel and deplatform, demonetize, these are the people who are radical leftists. And if these people were put in charge of the country, if you had these people running the show, if they were king for a day, these are the people who would be censoring and canceling your lives. Now, they're just, they just have this little platform on social media that you don't have to participate in. But if, th if these were the people who were running the, the country, running the show, yeah, this is the way they would run it. They would be in charge of what's truth and what's not. And how, and how people can just not tie these things together and not understand these, these dots need to be connected over here, folks. This is, this, is the where, this is where the radical left is coming from. Because really, at the end of the day, the price we pay for our ability to have free speech, and yes, that price includes in the pot of all this freedom is going to be people who use that freedom to disinform and misinform you. It becomes our responsibility to check these things, to find organizations and individuals who will vet the information properly. Those people will rise to the top because people really do want to know the truth. Some, some people want to be deceived. They, they want to live in deception because they themselves are deceiving themselves. Self-deception is a real thing. And part of that is when people are in that mode, they want to have things that reinforce it. It's very, very important that we understand and weed those things out. So a lot, a lot said with nothing said really at all, but, but that's, that's where we're at at this point. The, the, um, I, I want to move on a little bit to, to another thing about all of that is Jim Jordan, for example. It amazes me on the left how I was looking at com. I like to read the comments a lot of times. I'll read comments on what, what people are saying. Now, if it depends on what, what news media network you look at on the video as to who, what kind of comments you're going to get. I'm convinced that many times on some of these like middle to left-leaning uh, newscasts, mostly, mostly left-leaning, I'm, I'm convinced that most of the people who make comments are bots because almost everything they say is exactly the same. You'll see, you'll see 100 comments and they're almost identical. Well, Jim Jordan was, uh, he's trying to shore up votes now. He's trying to, trying to become the Speaker of the House. Uh, Scalise has backed out. So Jim Jordan's now kind of the next guy in line. And all I'm seeing on the comments and some of the things that people are saying are, oh, this guy's terrible. This is how, how dare they put this guy in there. He's a, he's a MAGA, you know, he, he supported the, you know, this idea that the election was, a, was uh, stolen and he, he supports, the, you know, Donald Trump. And then I start reading more comments and they start talking about this whole thing, this incident that happened when he was a college 
wrestling coach. And apparently somebody was committing some kind of potential, I don't know, there was in, in, inappropriate behavior going on from, the, I think, I guess the head coach of the, of the college or whatever was happening there. I'm not, I, didn't, I don't know the whole story. It became a non-issue. It was only when Jim Jordan, they were trying to get John, Jim Jordan because he was the head of some kind of council. And so they started going after him. Of course, they dug up something from his past, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Now, when he was in college, and he didn't, he didn't take action against the, some, some administrator or somebody in his higher up. He, he, was, he supposedly ran cover for them and helped them and, and, and enabled them or whatever, whatever he did. It, it, it's just the story is way blown out of whack because he didn't take any action. Something that he knew. Now that he says he didn't know anything. I mean, I, the, I don't, it, the whole story, I haven't read into the whole story. All I know is it, it has really very no, nothing to do with the way he governs, nothing with the way he does office. These exact same people, this is what really aggravates me about these people when they bring this kind of stuff up. Now, he's not the one who committed any crimes, he didn't commit any issues, he wasn't, you know. Well, let's put it this way. He wasn't taking advantage of an intern in the Oval Office. And yet somehow he's the worst person on the planet who doesn't, even des doesn't deserve to be Speaker of the House. But these very same people hail Bill Clinton as their hero. And I guarantee you, and we all know, that Monica Lewinsky was not the only person that Bill Clinton messed around with and probably not the only intern and probably not the only intern that he messed around with in the Oval Office. If you think this is just a one and done, they just happened to be able to catch him in that particular one. And who knows what he did as governor. But yet this is the hero. This guy, oh, no, Bill Clinton's not a pig. No, Bill Clinton's not a misogynist. No, Bill Clinton's not a womanizer. It's Donald Trump. Because he cheated on his wife. Uh, Bill Clinton had an affair for 12 years with Jennifer Flowers. Admittedly so. And he gets a standing ovation on, on Oprah. The hypocrisy here is unfathomable. It's just, it just amazes me. Now, so, so, so they're, they're coming out again now with attacks on Jim Jordan and how he's, he's this horrible person. He's a lunatic. He's wacko. This, oh, the world's going to gonna go to hell if we have this guy as a speaker of the house. They're afraid of this guy. They're afraid of Jim Jordan. He is a pit bull. He is absolutely on point and driven when he goes after somebody. Let the investigations fly. And of course, the Republicans don't like him. The rhinos don't like him because guess what? 
They think he's going to – the Republicans are afraid of impeachment for one reason. Every time there's been an impeachment, we've always lost the House. Well, guess what? We've lost the House before when there wasn't an impeachment. It just so happens the last two impeachments, they've lost the House. But that was part of the normal cycle. It, it just it blows my mind that they are so terrified of doing the right thing. Now, I, I personally, I think that McCarthy was involved. I think he was partially involved in the what they were trying to do. I think McCarthy will eventually run for president, but I, it's it's. I think he was. I think he was setting himself up to be in the line to run for president at some point. And what he was doing, I think he was in communication with the Democrats. Now, if you remember, right after they voted him out, he put his little tail between his legs and he walked off in a little pouty face and he said, I'm not going to run for, for, you know, to, to be reelected for as speaker. I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm walking out. I'm done. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. He's all pouty. All He reminded me of a three-year-old. Well, if I'm not going to get my way, then I'm going to go over here and sit in the corner. This is, this is the way he was acting. And now, all of a sudden, he's coming out making comments. He's coming out making all kinds of statements and realizing, oh, yeah, they don't have anybody lined up. It's this, this could be. And now he's actually made some inferences that maybe he is interested in rerunning for speaker again. One of the reasons I think he was so upset, this is just my opinion, I think he was upset because he expected some support from the Democrats and he didn't get it. I think he was expecting the Democrats to come through and get some votes actually in favor of him and he didn't get any, get zero. Because he'd been playing games with them. He was playing footsie with them under the table And thought that they were going to come through for him. They were playing him as the idiot, the useful idiot. This is what they do. Just like they're doing with Liz Cheney and Kinzinger. Patting them on the head. Now, so, supposedly, I think that they're, they're, what are they doing? I, I just saw uh, Cheney was back in the news again. They were, there was somebody in the Democrat Party trying to push uh, Cheney into some kind of position or do something. I don't, I don't know what it was. She's done. So all this stuff is just, is just all nuts and crazy. And it's, it's, um, it, it amazes me how they inflate and conflate all kinds of stories and issues to get their agenda across. Right right now, Bidenomics is the best thing that ever happened to the planet. <laughs> I think it was Blink. Who was it? it was it was Yellen? Somebody, somebody just tweeted out, one of, the, one of the people who are involved in the financial world. I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not a doctor or a lawyer. Financial guy. I'm not, a, you know, no expert in anything. It's just my opinions. The, the, somebody tweeted out, I don't think it was Yellen, some, somebody else, but Yellen has been talking about how good, the economy is in such good shape. We can afford to, to, to fund two wars. 
And at some, I think somebody in the undersecretary position or whatever it was it said, <laughs> we've won, we beat inflation. It's back down. If you don't include food prices, rent, fuel, or used cars. Uh, what, what do you, so those things are up tremendously. In fact, there's this guy that's going viral. He, he actually took pictures of prices about a year ago at Costco and he's, he's going back and comparing them. Many of them are 60 to 120% higher than they were a year ago. And we're supposed to be told, we're supposed to believe that inflation is below 7% now. Yeah. And the, so what else, what else is there besides food, shelter, fuel, transportation? So they call this, this they call it core inflation. Well, core inflation. So they just eliminate all the things that cost you more every day for life. And they just, they go with the core inflation, which I, I don't know what that is. Even it's, that's, it's just heating and cooling, maybe an electric bill, your utilities, which I have gone up, but not, no, not, not that much. So I, what? So let's just eliminate all these things. And oh, look, inflation is down because we've eliminated all that stuff that's gone up. <laughs> that didn't used to be part of it at all. So yeah, while you're, while you're, it's taking more and more of your week to week check. People are living paycheck to paycheck now. And some, some are not living paycheck to paycheck anymore, folks. People are living ahead of their paychecks. This is what, this is what called cash advanced places. When you go in to get money before your check comes and then you pay for, you pay for that service. So now you're not going to get as much of a check because you're living beyond your means. People don't know how to scale back. This, this, this is the problem that pe most people get into. They get a good job. They're making, okay, I'm making, you know, $1,000 a week now. I can, I can buy all this stuff. I can, you know, after, after taxes, you can get, um, they start living like this is never going to end. And then it ends. They lose that job or they, they find out that, hey, I'm still making the same amount of money, but prices have gone up. And now I can't afford payments on all the stuff I got that I thought I could afford before. And now what do you do? You go to sell the stuff and you find out it's not even worth anything. It's not worth even half what you paid for it. So now you don't have the stuff and you're still paying for it. This is the, this is the, the cycle that people get into all the time. Now maybe, you know, you don't lose your job. Maybe you get a raise. Maybe, maybe things don't, you know, maybe you get through those few years the problem is people get into this trap of doing that. They live that lifestyle and they continue to borrow. They continue to spend like it's never going to end. And then it does. And then they're stuck. And they don't know how to go back. They don't know how to scale back. Okay, so now I'm making 75% of what I had made before. I need to cut back 75%. I need to move. I need to find a place to cheaper that's cheaper rent. I need to, people are not willing to do that. It takes a lot of effort to get that done, but you've got to accomplish it 
or you end up continually going in the hole or losing your savings. I see people spending their savings because their life has changed and now all of a sudden they're living the same life, the same lifestyle, and they're going backwards, unable to save and spending their savings. And they don't understand where this is leading. You, you've got to stop this. It's, nobody's going to step in and bail you out. You've made the decisions that you've made and you're now in a ship that's sinking. You either get an extra bilge pump or you get out. So, where do we go from here? The, the, um, the whole thing with Jim Jordan, I, I think that he may end up being able to shore up votes. Now, I don't know. I'm hoping that this doesn't mean that he's going to compromise on some things. He, he seems to be a very uncompromising individual. Um, and I hope he didn't make some promises that, that end up being kind of a, a bad deal. But he definitely uh, would be – here's my opinion. I think he would be a good speaker, better than anybody we've had in a long time. Um, as long as he doesn't get compromised and start playing the games. That, that's what happens to most of them. They get so busy with the job that they stop being informed. They stopped, you know, I, I don't know what kind of team he's got around. That, that's really what matters, what kind of team the person has, to, has around them. You know, much like, you know, look at, at Elon Musk and you look at some of these people who are kind of the idea people, the people who kind of are running shows, but, and they understand technical things. They're very good at it, but they're not, it's not just them. They have got to have key people around them. They've got to have a team of people that are, are around them all the time. that are really carrying out the actions that, I mean, I can come up with ideas all day long. But there's nobody around me that can, you know, make those things happen. I can't just set things in motion. The money's not there. The, the people, the talent, the, the leadership, organi- you know, infrastructure is not there. So it takes a certain leadership ability. Now, whether or not Elon has it, I don't know. But he has, he definitely has a relationship with people who do. These things wouldn't be happening. You know, SpaceX, Tesla. Which leads me to this last thing I want to talk about a little bit. The Neuralink. Stop and think about this. He's, he says the, neur, the Neuralink will actually increase a person's performance by 10%. Or, I'm sorry, by 10 times, tenfold. Now think about it, if you could do 10 times more in a day because of the knowledge that you have because of this Neuralink thing, because you're linked into all this information. How, you know, what he basically says is, well, just if it costs a lot of money, you just go out and take a loan to get it done because you're going to be so much more productive, you're going to make that money back really quickly. Very, very good financial thought, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a financial guy, but you know, this guy's dealing with billions of dollars, so he apparently understands some basic principles. It's good thinking. I mean, it seems like it's good, a good investment. It's going to be 10 times more, more effective, more efficient. But stop and think about the, what's the word? The ability of someone like that, how, the advantage they have over everyone else. They're going to be, when you walk in the room, you're going to be the smartest person in the room. You're going to have all the information. You're going to have, have you know, at least you're going to have the answers that, are popping up in your head that are coming from AI, I guess, 
I, this Neuralink thing is connected to the internet. So, you, yeah, you have access to all this information. Uh, hopefully it's not misinformation. I mean, I've, I've done some Google searches and I've, I've gone down some rabbit holes where it's like, oh, this is, uh, and you find out this is kind of crazy, wacko stuff. And you can start making some decisions based on some of these things and it's, okay, well, whatever. So there's going to be a class, if you will, a super class of people that have this ability. How they will act socially, I have no idea. You know what their philosophies are on life, I have no idea. It may, it may alter their, the way they think and the way they... This will probably be part of the, you know, if you look looking in terms of the end times and what, what the enemy can do. Now, <clears throat> there's, I want to get, there's one other thing I want to talk about in terms of end times. I'm more and more convinced that the Antichrist is going to be, or that the Antichrist movement, the whole thing with the world, is going to be a movement of Islam. Now, here, here's one of the reasons I want to bring this up. Islam basically believes. What, the, what you're going to hear, I don't know that it's everyone in Islam believes this, but it, that it's Muslim believes this. However, the, the main leadership, the, the rat, especially the radicals, believe that when Jesus comes back, he's going to say he's a Muslim. Now, he spoke, they, they believe he spoke Aramaic. So when he used the term, when he said anything about God, when he said God, he said Allah. Because Allah means the God. I guess that's according to the, according to what I've seen, according to this teaching that this one guy said. Now, because he called God Allah, that means, and, I, and I've even seen people make comments in, in the comments that some of these people have, on these videos that these, these wacky teachers have said, is because because he's used that word when when he was talking about God that he is Muslim. Jesus is Muslim. That's the conclusion that they come to. This is where they're at with this. This is such heresy. It, it's everything Jesus did was Jewish. He was 99% in line with the Pharisees' teachings. only thing they didn't like about him was that he claimed to be God. And yes, he did claim to be God. I and my father are one. He didn't say all of us are one with the father. No, he said, I and my father are, are one. There is no other way to come to the father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What other prophet has said that? and been vindicated in it. The Jews, keep in mind, Islam did not happen until about 700 years after Christ. This idea that Islam was, was there at the beginning, and it all stems back to Isaac. The Muslims believe that, Abra that Abraham went off instead of this, uh, the story of, of, of Abraham and Isaac when he went off to 
have, have him be the sacrifice. That it was Ishmael, not Isaac. They believe that. That's what they believe. That Ishmael was the chosen one. They are the chosen lineage. This is where the, it's at the core of everything that's argued, basically, between the Jews and the Muslims. Now, there's an interesting story about Isaac. Uh, this is a side note. This one, or just one teaching, and it's, it's very true that a lot of times the, the thing that you have to sometimes what's hidden in Scripture or what's hidden in plain sight is more important sometimes, or it's more part of the story than what is actually there. When Jesus, or when, when Isaac goes up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac. And then, of course, God provides a lamb. Isaac is released. The lamb is then slaughtered in his place. Isaac represents so many things here. But he also represents Jesus in this particular situation. The father and his son, his only son. Well, his yeah, so we have father and his son goes up to sacrifice, provide, provide sacrifice, and then the, the lamb is provided in his place. There's, there's, there's so much going on here, Symb symbology, symbolically, in every, in every other way. Isaac is not talked about again until the wedding. Abraham comes back alone. And then Isaac shows up at the wedding. Jesus shows up at the wedding, at the rapture. He goes away after the resurrection. shows up at the wedding. This is a picture that is there in plain sight, but we don't see it because it's something that's missing. And yet it is a very clear picture of something, or at least can be made, made into a clear picture. I think, it's, I think it was intentional. Just think little things like that, little details like that, that always blow my mind. But they're all there. <clears throat> and because of that, um, my, I didn't realize how long I've gone here. I was going to have a 30-minute show. It's turned into almost an hour. This is Wednesday. Tomorrow morning, I don't know if there will be a show tomorrow and Friday. Now, next week, I do know that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there will be a show. So, at least at this point, that's the plan. Uh, beyond that, I have no idea. I don't know. If, I don't know if there'll be a show on Friday or not. But next next week there will be a show every every day, except for possibly Friday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Monday morning's gonna be a fairly early morning, just because there's other things going on that day. But uh, Tuesday and Wednesday are also pretty good days. However, uh, as the weekend, as we push into the weekend here, we're mid midpoint right now. We will be pushing into the weekend here shortly. 
I don't know about the next couple days. We'll see how it goes. I don't know where I'll be. So it's hard to tell. Folks, thanks for listening to all my ramblings this morning. God bless and pray for each other. Pray for our leaders. Have a great day. Blessings upon you.